We're almost to Thanksgiving, which means family dinners, time together, and arguments. In a world that is becoming more and more fractured, in a country that's becoming more and more uh, embroiled in destructive conversations, where name-calling is kind of the everyday occurrence, where vilification of those who disagree with us happens every day, why in the world would a mental health counselor say, if you get along with everybody, you're probably not trustworthy? Well, please listen on because I'm going to answer that question. Hello, my friends. My name is Joe, and this is The Joe Martino Show. Let's kick it off. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Hello. Welcome back. Uh, we are so close to Thanksgiving. I can't wait. That is probably my favorite holiday of the year is Thanksgiving. Last year, I talked about how we can get along with people that we have to spend the holidays with, how for a lot of people, the holidays are not an enjoyable time. The holidays are a space where there is discomfort. And a lot of times that comes down to how you take it and, and, and you know what is the lens that you use and utilize to, to, to view the other person's statements, like especially around politics. Uh, I just got done reading a book. I actually read it very quickly. Uh, called Love Our Enemies? What was it called? Love Our Enemies, How Good Decent People Can Save America from the Culture of Contempt. It's an interesting book. It's by Arthur Brooks, who is uh, probably, not probably, he is a right-of-center, but relatively center economist, Uh, grew up in Seattle, talks a lot about our current culture, what, what he sees is wrong with it, how there's problems. It's one of those books that I, I enjoyed a lot of it. There was parts of it where I scratched my head. There were parts of it where I was like, I, f- I don't feel like you really answered the question that you set up that you um, said you were going to answer. And so I'm a little bothered by that. Uh, but I mean, all in all, as books go, you want a book that's going to challenge you. You want a book that's going to cause you to think. And I feel like his book did that. And his book also reminded me of the thing that I want to talk about today, which is going to seem a little perhaps counter to what I talked about last year. And hopefully I can address that so that you don't walk away from this episode saying, well, you didn't really answer that question that you set up there in the beginning of this episode. I do want to let you know if you would like to book us 2020 speaking event, uh, I would get on that quickly, reaching out and contacting us. We are looking to put on uh, our own Emotionally Secure Marriage Couples Conference We are also talking about how to raise emotionally secure children. Uh, Last year, we tried kind of uh, a different approach where we did a two-hour conference uh, on the weekends, like a two-hour class on different weekends. We did not seem to find much traction in that. Uh, I know everyone's busy and everyone is kind of trying to just, you know, make it through the day with the busy schedule. So adding something like that can be difficult uh, but if that's something you're interested in, we would be interested in in hearing from you as well. Okay, so let's talk more about this idea of am I contradicting myself between last year and this year? Because this year, what I want you to walk away from this episode thinking is if you get along with everybody, people don't trust you. I know that sounds 
somewhat contradictory because in today's society, it seems like we're caught in either we need to win and by win, my political party needs to win, which, you know, means that if you and I disagree, it's okay for me to insult you if insulting you gets me to be to, to the place where I win so that I can get, you know, my guy wins the office, my girl wins the office, whatever it is. Uh, if you disagree with me politically, you're a hack, you know, you, you hate America, you want old people to die, whatever it is, if you disagree with me politically, it's because you're evil. We vilify or we have people who just, I don't talk about that at all. I just disengage and don't talk about it. And they can sit and they can agree with everybody. They can walk away from a conversation where literally everyone feels like they agreed with them. And, and what I'm hoping for, what I'm hoping I can convince you is that we need to find some space between those two. So I, we all know people that they just like to argue. The truth is I love a great debate. I love disagreeing. When I hear stuff that people say, I'm, I'm willing to disagree. I remember the early days of the internet. You know those memes where you're like, I'm this old. I'm so old that I actually remember in the early days of the internet when people would have, by and large, discussions that were reasonable online. It doesn't really happen much anymore. And the truth is th those even reasonable conversations didn't do much, which is why I have a feeling that we're at the place where there is a escalation, if you will, of how we talk online, and it's not very helpful. So I think what this has done is, it's interesting, my wife and I were talking about this, and we're talking about somebody we know, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on another podcast episode. We were talking about somebody, I'm like, you know, the, the problem is when you, when literally you just get along with everybody, she's like, well, what do you think about, you know, kind of doing a little partnership with this person? I'm like, I just don't trust that person it's here's the thing. It's not that I trust them to do anything overtly illegal. In fact, I, I don't think that would happen at all. It's not that I don't trust them to follow the law, to follow appropriate behaviors. It's that I don't trust them to actually be loyal when loyalty is required because they literally just kind of agree with everyone. And if you agree with everyone, sooner or later you run into something you don't agree with. And if you if you prioritize that out, right, and 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 agree, this person feeling like I agree with them is more important than me talking about what I disagree with all the time. Sooner or later, they're gonna have to throw us under the bus, and I don't know that I can. I want to be in a deep relationship with someone like that. Similarly, I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who disagrees about everything. Right? I say the sky is blue. Well, actually, Joe, the sky is black because it's a vacuum, and the dirt and dust molecules or what causes it to look blue. And we all know people like this. I remember one time I was talking to someone and someone else said, man, that sky is beautiful. And the person I was talking to looked at them and without missing a beat, they don't even know this person. They're like, actually, that sky breaks my heart. And the person who walked up was like, why? And the person I was talking to looked at them and said, because we know that beautiful skies are the result of pollution. And I don't even know if that's true. I've read different things on both sides of it. But that spot right there probably isn't the place to, to show off your intellectual prowess and disagree. Here's the thing. Most of us understand that. That one is something that we completely see, that we completely... Uh, we notice, we know the person who disagrees on everything, who's always looking for a fight, we know can't be trusted. What's a little bit less obvious, I think, because as I watch people get really hurt, is they embrace people 
who just want to get along with everyone. That's the highest concern. It creates all sorts of marital stress, right? Like, like if you think about it. Let's just say that Stacy is uh, married to Jim, and and Stacy is has a problem with something that Jim's brother did, or Jim's work did, or their church did, or something that their neighbor did. And if Jim's highest goal is, I just want people to get along with me, he's just going to poo-poo her concerns. He's just going to tell her, well, just get over it, essentially. Rarely will he say those words that bluntly, but that's essentially what he says, and it causes all sorts of marital stress and strife. And eventually we end up calling those people clients because they're in a place that is untenable. Because eventually you have to say, look, here's what I believe. And I know in our society that's terrifying. In fact, we know that literally thousands of people, maybe some people suggest even hundreds of thousands of people, didn't tell anyone with the exception of their closest life partner who they were going to vote for in the last election. Because we've become so divided in our country that in order for us to talk about things that we are passionate about, we feel like we have to attack the other person. I think that has built on our natural fear of being disliked, of people being upset with us. No one, I don't know anyone who likes people being upset with them. I know people who care less, uh, even myself, like I tend to care less than a lot of people I know of whether or not somebody likes me. But it bugs me. It bothers me. There are some people that it paralyzes, and I get that. And that's one of the things that we have to consider is if we're going to have truly deep friendships that matter, we have to, We our friends have to know that, yeah, you know what? Hey, he gets along with people. And we've all met people like nobody has anything bad to say. And we use that statement. We use that phrase. But in reality, we can all find somebody who's like, oh, well, yeah, that guy there doesn't like him. But here, let me tell you the story. Or, you know, one of the things that we, we need to strive for is, well, okay, you know what, I, I understand that you're saying that about so-and-so, but I know him, and so I'd be interested to know more about that. And those are the things that we want with people. I want to know, here's what I want to know, is I want to know that, yeah, you're not going to argue about everything, but there are some things in your life that you're, you're willing to say, hey, we can respectfully disagree. And I think that's kind of the third thing. So the first two things, I haven't done a very good job in this episode of highlighting my points. The first point is is, is that as our society has become more and more uh, fractious, more and more divided, more and more gnashing at each other, uh, we're starting to step back and trying to just get along with everybody. We're trying to keep all of our opinions to ourselves or only share them when we're in a circle of people that we agree with and that we know agrees with us. And, and then that also we are just naturally, we are naturally... Uh, afraid we are naturally resistant to doing things that people dislike us for we want people to like us so back to the third thing which is we've lost this ability or we do not have this ability to respectfully disagree it's very rare where you can find people who hey you know what he's a committed to this political party and this person's committed to this political party and they're not friends and the research bears that out more and more and more that people just tend to not do it. And part of it is is because certainly there are implications to political things. Uh, what happens? I have a friend who is young, younger than me. He has a small daughter. I've had to mute him on Facebook. Like, I can't follow him because he's everything is 
pro his political party. Anyone who disagrees with him, he he says, hey, I want to hear it. But he just blows them up. And I literally, I don't follow him, which is sad to me because I think he has a beautiful wife and daughter and a beautiful family. And I love to see those pictures. So occasionally I go over and I watch them, but it's just troublesome. We, we, we don't have this ability to agreeably disagree. I was once facilitating an argument between two guys. Uh, I was actually not facilitating just between two guys. I was teaching a class on, on this. And the one guy was very pro-Second Amendment. He was very pro-gun. The other guy used to be pro-gun, and now he was pro-not-gun. He is pro-gun control. And, and so we're, we're practicing, how do we agreeably disagree? And so the first guy says, well, or the second guy, excuse me, he says, well, I used to be pro-gun, and then I realized how vapus, I believe that was the word he used, because I remember I was like, well, I don't even know what that means. I'm going to have to look that up. How vapus and, and foolhardy their arguments are. Well, that isn't actually agreeing disagreeably. Now, we don't want to be that guy, but to the other extent of that, we don't want to be the guy that we don't stand up for anything. And, and he, Because I'm telling you, for people, anyone who's gone through trauma finds a person who gets along with everyone as dangerous. Because sooner or later, we just want to know you're going to say, so this is what I believe. So we've kind of reworked this pro-Second or anti-Second Amendment argument. And what I said to him was, what if you didn't negatively attack anything the other person had to say and only talked about what you believe? And so I actually had to learn to do this because I am very, very, very uh, pro-co-sleeping. Very pro-co-sleeping. Bed sharing. My seven-year-old son still ends up in my bed most nights. Uh, if you're judging me for that, see, right here we go. I'm, I'm already feeling like there's going to be somebody who disagrees with me, and I want to defend myself, which is point four. We want to defend ourselves, and sometimes we do that by not saying anything. That's obviously not me. I'm not the guy that defends myself by not saying anything, although I would like to think that I've learned when that's appropriate. But so I'm very pro-co-sleeping. And those arguments get emotional quickly. And I've talked about emotional reasoning. I have a blog post coming up about emotional reasoning. If you want to get my blog post, but you don't want to have to check out my webpage every day, you can go to www.joemartino.com. There is a subscribe button that you can put in your email address and you will get the full blog post straight to your email. You won't even have to click over to my webpage uh, the day after it comes up. Go to the webpage, just scroll down right before you see the Facebook box, just the little F where you can follow me on Facebook, you'll see enter your email here, address here, and subscribe. Okay, but so I'm obviously, I'm not for emotional reasoning, and a lot of times that argument, that discussion becomes emotional reasoning. And so I've had to learn, I had to learn to just talk about the benefits of co-sleeping and to not enjoin people in the emotional arguments. Now, some people are afraid that they're going to kill their baby. Okay, that I can understand that fear. I, I personally think that if you look at this, the numbers, the statistics, there's a far greater chance that something bad will happen in a crib than in co-sleeping in most instances. And I've said that. And then I, I've, had say, I've said to people, I just feel it's best for the baby. And people are like, so you're saying I'm not doing what's best for my baby. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what I think is best is co-sleeping. Well, you're just splitting hairs. Maybe, but I'm working really hard here not to attack you and at the same time express my opinion because I really feel this is important. I feel like, by and large, people who complain all the time about parenting miss the point of parenting. 
But if I present it that way, people tend to get their ire up. They tend to get their their shoulders up. And I get that. I understand that because I probably would too. I don't understand why people parent to power, why people, you know, have a fidgety kid. Okay, you got to sit still. Why? Well, because they'll have to sit still some point in life. Really? Where? Well, when they go to school. Where? When? By the way, if there's a little bit of feedback, I'm in a different office making this recording and I didn't think about how close the walls are here. I should maybe move. Just some things that we have to disagree with. Because here's the thing, a lot of times people who refuse to disagree with anything, it's not that they want to get along with everybody, they just want to be comfortable. And that's why they're not trustworthy. Because we all know that that confrontation, conflict is not comfortable. Now, not everything. We don't have to have conflict about everything. But there are there has to be some sort of list that matters. I believe that our current education system needs reform. I've never hid that. I have a friend, maybe a former friend. I'll be honest with you, this really causes me uh, anxiety. I feel it in my chest when I talk about this. Who We got into a conversation and, and she was like, I just refuse to call any teacher bad. Well, I can't do that. There are bad teachers. There's a lot of wonderful, good teachers. But there's also some bad teachers. And I have to have the space to say, no, that thing they're doing right there, that, that goes over the line. And our system needs reformed. Our, our current school system is not set up for boys, especially younger boys. It isn't. It's not set up to help them completely and holistically. And I actually have teacher friends who wholeheartedly agree with me, and they're terrified to say anything because they feel like they'll be bullied by their union and other teachers. But the problem is, by not saying anything, they're allowing that bullying to go on. And dare I say it, they're not trustworthy. That's so hard to say. Because maybe they've come to the conclusion of, look, it isn't worth it right now. It isn't worth... uh, It isn't worth moving towards what I... You know, the the, the argument won't be worth what I think the disagreement is about. And, And maybe they have. But, like, if they use words to me like, well, I feel like I'm being bullied. I feel like I can't talk about it. Uh, Schultz in his book calls it monoculturalism. Like you either have to toe the party line or you kind of get shut down. And people are like, well, you have the freedom of, uh, to say whatever you want, but you're not free from the consequences. Well, true, but the consequences shouldn't be, you know, shunning. And so what happens is, is then people kind of sell out to this idea, I have to get along with everybody and I just have to smile and nod. And so that is a problem. Now, I talked last week about, you know, four good questions to ask yourself if you're engaging in conversation. What, what needed to be said? Uh, was it the kindest way to say it? What was the most grace to say it with? And did I use a good system for communication? And I think that kind of rolls into this week. If you're a person that you're out there and you're like, I just get along with everybody and, and I kind of see what you're saying. Like, I don't want people to dislike me. My wife, my husband feels like I've kind of, you know, thrown them under the bus in the past. That's really what got me thinking about this is I can't tell you how many husbands and wives I've met who tell me, I, I mean, they don't use, sometimes they use this phrase, sometimes they, they say it differently. I feel like my husband threw me under the bus so that he could get along. I feel like my wife threw me under the bus so that she could get along. And of course the question is, well, wait, did they actually agree with you? And, you know, cause you can't, or, you know, I don't think there can be an expectation that they have to agree with you if they don't. And, and most of the time it's like, yeah, they agreed with me, but they let the other person think that they didn't because they didn't want them mad at them. 
Well, that's not trustworthiness. And so maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, what does that, you know, what does that mean for me? I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that episode, uh, the one right before this, uh, getting the most out of your fights. We kind of go, I kind of, I don't kind of, I go over those four steps. But the other thing is, is you have to decide, can you agreeably disagree with people? Can you share what you agree? And this is the thing about co-sleeping, and this is the kind of the last point that I talked about when I was talking about co-sleeping. I can make the argument where I jump into emotional reasoning and I argue, blah, blah, blah. Or I can argue what I actually think the benefits of it are. I can argue what I think is wrong with the school system. And honestly, I can trot out examples of kids who have been maliciously treated by the system. And I need to do that in a way that deals with the system. And when I talk about bad teachers... Uh, just yesterday, a picture came up in my memories feed about a teacher who slept with a student. That teacher was wrong, and I'll never forget a friend of mine was defending him, and I was like, I do not understand how you could possibly defend this guy. And my friend was like, I just think his sentence of 40 years was too much. And I was like, I don't think it's enough. And we can talk about that, and there's going to be emotion in it, but we have to avoid the vitriolic attacks. And sometimes people avoid them because they're afraid they're going to get attacked or they're afraid that they're going to be the attacker. You can't control whether or not other people attack you. Uh, I I have a very good friend. We call her family. Uh, She was telling me about something that her husband did. It was very hurtful to her. Um, And she's like, don't you see it? And I said, no, actually, I don't. I don't think he did anything wrong there. I, I think maybe this other thing over here was wrong, but I don't think that was wrong. And she cried and she was very hurt and she was very angry and it was okay because I said, I love you. I just disagree. We've lost that and we need to get, we need to get it. If we never had it, we need to create it. If we had it and it's gone, we need to get back to it. We need to be able to say, Hey, you know what? I love you. I just disagree with you on this thing or on these 10 things. A very good friend of mine one time, we were out to, to dinner at a really nice uh, sushi place just up the road and we were talking about something he was pondering doing and, and, and I said to him, I said, I love you, but you're, I think what you're going to get out of this decision is not what you're hoping to get. You're going to get more pain. In other words, we can craft our arguments to deal with the issues and we can craft our arguments to show that we care about the person we don't have to avoid the conversation to show that we care. Because a lot of times, I'm, I'm, here's what I'm trying to argue, when we avoid the conversation, it's because we care about us more. Now, there are some conversations that are just worthless. The other day, I was on Facebook, and I saw something, and I was ready to type a comment, and I just slid on by. But, and I've got a blog post coming up about this, there was one that talked about how people who have experienced trauma don't have control over their response by a person who either is another counselor or is about to be another counselor. I'm a little unsure where she is in her journey. I was like, I just want you to know I completely disagree with this strongly. And, and her and her friend tried to tell me, well, blah, 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 you know, this. I was like, no, I really feel like you're confusing react and response. Because if we don't have control over our responses to our trauma, in fact, this is going to be an episode coming up. If we don't have control over our responses to our trauma, then we're screwed. We don't have the ability to change because we're a slave to something else outside of us. We disagreed agreeably. It was fine. As far as I know, she's fine. I'm fine. We're moving forward. But we disagreed. I don't have to get along with everyone by agreeing with them. And I'm going to even suggest this. There are some things in life that are so important that it's okay if you get mad at me when I tell you about them. 
Now, that should be a small list. I don't think there should be a big hill of stuff you want to die on. I talk with this about parents all the time. I, you know, and, and even my dad's like, well, you won't know if your parenting works until your kids are older. I'm like, no, nope. even if my kids turn out to be criminals, I'm going to judge what I did based on the rightness or wrongness of it. In other words, I believe that there is objective truth. There is truth that is independent of my opinion, of your opinion, of anyone's opinion. And treating my kids kindly with dignity and respect is the governing principle, period. It's never okay for me to scream at my kids. It's never okay for me to hit my kids. It doesn't matter that I have the authority. Because that's not loving them kindly with dignity and respect. All right, so I hope this all makes sense. I hope that the idea that if you get along with everyone, you're in trouble, (laughs) came across. And yet at the same time, you don't have to disagree with everybody. You don't have to disagree about everything. At the family holidays this coming Thanksgiving or Christmas, you don't have to get into every argument you're invited to. But there should be some things that you're willing to say, well, okay, I can I can appreciate what you're saying there. And I can try to find understanding with you. I can try to find common ground. And at the same time, I disagree with what I think you're saying. That's okay. That's not a bad thing. All right, thanks so much for listening. If you find value in this, please share it with your friends. Share it on your social media. Uh, also, just to let you know, I was just recently uh, quoted in an art in an article regarding ten red flags uh, for for toxic relationships and how you can avoid them. If you want to find that, you can go to my webpage, JoeMartino.com. Click on the blog button, and there is a link uh, in that series there showing you where that is. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.